I asked if I had to sit, and the answer was, do what you want. I'm not a sitter, so, <laughs> so I'm going to stand. Um, I will probably cry at some point, so I'm just going to say that now so I don't distract myself from that. Um, but it's just, it's just good. Um, like Pastor Stephen prayed this morning, this is both an ordinary day and a special day. So just thanks for sitting with me in the, in the tension of that. It's good to be together and, of course, to come before God's word. This is the second, second week of a sermon series that we've just started where we're taking a look at familiar hymns. And we're using this book. It's called Then Sings My Soul as a guide for that sermon series. And today felt appropriate to look at Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. Um, we're going to sing the contemporary version of that song called The Blessing as our benedictions, but it does have other hymn arrangements that perhaps you're familiar with as well. The blessing is what we'll use today. So would you turn with me to these familiar words from number six? And we'll begin in verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I also wrote stuff today so I wouldn't get distracted. <laughs> the Lord told Moses that these words were meant to be spoken by Aaron, the priest, and thus it's known as the Aaronic blessing, Aaron's blessing. This blessing is for the people of Israel, so they will know they belong to the Lord. When Aaron died, the blessing was carried on by the Levites, whose job it was to pronounce blessings in the name of the Lord. So because it's Aaron's blessing, let's remember Aaron. Not intern Aaron. After God met Moses in the burning bush in Exodus 4, God told his brother Aaron, to meet him in the wilderness. Moses told him everything about the fire, the sandals, the staff, the snake. That God heard the cry of the enslaved Israelites. And it's Aaron who told the Israelites everything the Lord said to Moses. It's Aaron who performs the sign before the elders of Israel. It's Aaron who goes before Pharaoh with Moses again and again and again, they go. It's Aaron who encourages Moses when Pharaoh refuses to let them go. Despite the blood, frogs, gnats, flies, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and death, they keep trying to crack Pharaoh's hardened heart. And eventually, they do go. Aaron is always by Moses' side. Together, they cross the Red Sea, they see God provide manna. They receive laws and instructions for building the tabernacle. <clears throat> Aaron and his sons become priests. 
They burn incense, sacrifice bulls and lambs, wash hands and feet. It's Aaron who talks to Moses about the things God says. And it's Aaron who often communicates those things to the people because Moses was not a very confident public speaker. And yet, when we get to Exodus 32, it's Aaron. It's Aaron who takes the gold of the people and fashions it into a calf for worship. 3,000 Israelites died that day, and a plague descended upon the rest of them. Aaron's blessing. Aaron. Aaron saw miracles. He witnessed incredible tragedy. Like the Israelites, he left the only home he knew for a nomadic and unsettling life in the wilderness. I'm sure Aaron, like Moses, sometimes doubted what God was doing, though he was faithful in meeting with his brother. And Aaron made what was, in God's eyes, an egregious mistake. After all he had seen, he made an idol. When Moses approached his brother about it, he said, Don't be angry, my lord. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, Make us gods who will go before us. Then they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire. And out came this calf. We've seen that pattern of blame before. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. I wonder what it was like for Aaron to show his face around camp after that day. Much more happens in Exodus, so much more, much more than we have time to reflect on together this morning. But what I'm struck with as we read Aaron's blessing is that it was first for Aaron. And here's what I mean by that. There are two ways to say you in Hebrew, singular and plural. You and you all or y'all. And in Numbers 4, 24 to 26, that blessing, all forms of the Hebrew verb are you singular. You, one person. The Lord bless you and keep you, Aaron. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, Aaron. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, Aaron. After all that, the plagues and the wandering and the golden calf, it's Aaron who is blessed. I wish I could have been there when Moses shared that blessing with Aaron. I wonder what that meant to him after all he had seen and all he had done. Aaron, Moses, and the Israelites have a rocky relationship with God in the wilderness. Did you hear that, Stephen? That's the closest to a pun I'll ever get. They struggle to trust one another. They hurt one another. There are several points throughout the narrative when they seriously consider giving up. All of them, Aaron, Moses, the people, and God, take turns reaching their breaking point, all of them. But what consistently defines their relationship is the promise God made 
back to Abraham in Genesis 12. God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Blessing is always the bottom line. Graciousness is the foundation. Peace, shalom, is what it's all about. It's certainly not what we always experience, but it is where the story begins. It's where the story ends. And it is who God is and who God promises to be. The Bible often interprets itself building on themes over time. So in Psalm 67, the words of Aaron's blessing are repeated by the psalmist. And it sounds a little bit like Numbers 4 with a hint of Genesis 12, but it's different. The singular you is now us. Psalm 67 says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. The psalmist, building on Aaron's blessing, believes that God's blessing is not only for Aaron, it's not for one individual or even one nation, but for all people everywhere. God blessed Israel through this blessing, and Israel will bless the world. Said another way, the individual is blessed so that others will be blessed. Indeed, we are blessed to be a blessing. And that theme echoes across scripture, and it echoes throughout our lives. Broken people are blessed so that other broken people can be blessed. It is as simple and as complicated as that. Sorry, Isaiah. <clears throat> At different points in my life, I see myself in different characters in this story. Sometimes I admit I am the Israelite, grumbling in the desert while just trying my best in a hard situation. Sometimes I'm like Moses, doubting my gifts while listening intently for God's voice, not always sure when or what to speak. Sometimes I am Aaron, making mistakes while being called to lead God's people. I'm sure you can find yourself in those characters too. I'm grateful that for the past five and a half years, I've had the chance to do that with you. We grumbled, and we tried our best. We doubted, and we've listened. We made mistakes, and we are called. We are blessed to be a blessing.
after today, I will no longer be one of your pastors. And I feel a lot about that. <laughs> but today I understand what Paul means when he says like this, says things like this in Ephesians 1. Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you in my prayers. These words from Ephesians 1 represent a distance between Paul and the Ephesian church. He's not among them anymore, but he is grateful for them. They've learned from him, and he's learned from them. Paul goes on to say this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only now but in the age to come. The consistory reflected on that text from Ephesians 1 at their retreat last Sunday. They stood in awe of God's power. They prayed for that spirit of wisdom and revelation. And they filled me with hope for the future of this place. Aaron did not know the Jesus Paul wrote about in Ephesians, the one who blessed the whole world through his life, death, and resurrection. Aaron knew nothing of the Holy Spirit or the church or the mentions he would get in the New Testament, both positive and negative. All Aaron knew was that his brother's life changed at the mountain of Horeb when a, when a voice spoke to him out of a burning bush and his life, too, was never the same. My life changed when I met you. I met you for the first time in August of 2013 when you brought food to Camp Geneva. After a wonderful and exhausting summer as a high school counselor, it felt so good to be cared for and loved by you and your delicious food. A couple weeks after that meal in the summer of 2013, I began my first summer at Western Seminary. And I wondered where God would lead me as I discerned a call to ministry. And three years later, he would lead me to you. You made me feel known and loved and welcome. And your food is so good. <laughs> As I transition into my new role in Kalamazoo, please know that I will continue to pray Aaron's blessing over you. You singular, you plural. 
as Paul gave thanks for the Ephesian church, so I will give thanks for you. Friends, may the Lord's desire to bless fill you up and overflow into your families, into your schools, into your places of work and your neighborhoods. May the Lord's graciousness inspire compassion for yourself and abundant empathy for everyone you encounter. May you know the Lord's peace. And may that peace define who you are. I love you. And God loves you. So to him be the glory. <laughs>